You are listening to DNA Discoveries, stories of finding family. I'm Edward Looney, and today on DNA Discoveries, we're speaking with Mike. Mike discovered the story of his biological parents back in the 1990s without the help of Ancestry DNA. These DNA test kits have helped him to uncover more information about his family history. And today, he shares his story with us on DNA Discoveries. Mike, thanks so much for joining me today on DNA Discoveries. And I really look forward to hearing more about your story because it's a very unique story. Thank you. I'm happy to be here, Edward. Appreciate the opportunity to and, uh, share with your listeners. And you're one of the examples of an individual who found the show, listened to a few episodes, and you said, I think it's time for me to tell my own story. And so you reached out, you sent me an email, I responded, and here we are having our conversation today, and you're able to share this story with so many others who maybe are searching for family. So what motivated your interest, your desire to discover your biological family through DNA? So I was uh, I was adopted as an infant, and I always knew because my parents told me from the earliest time I can remember that I was adopted. Um, and I and I think to coin a phrase from one of your other participants, I always felt like there was kind of a hole in my life, and I'm not sure I was very aware of it. But when I got married, and my wife and I started thinking about having kids and starting a family together, I really started to focus on. Um, filling the hole and filling the gaps in my life and trying to figure out um, what my backstory was, particularly with regard to health information, which I think a lot of people kind of start with that, and I, I did as well. And so it led me to start asking those questions and, more importantly, to doing something about it, which was back in the 90s pre, uh, pre-DNA websites. Yeah, and that's one of the fascinating things I found about your story is that you wrote me and you said, I found my birth parents in the 1990s. And for us today, it's very easy. We spit in that tube, we send it off to Ancestry DNA, or we send it to 23andMe. And I was actually just talking to someone a few days ago, and I said to them, I said, well, you don't have to go through the state to find out who your family is since you're adopted. You could just do the Ancestry DNA. And if you found a brother or a sister, well, then you can begin tracing your lineage in that way uh, to see you know, if it's from your mother or your father or whatever the case might be. So how did a person back in the 1990s go about this process? So I live in Colorado, which was kind of a pioneer in creating a process for this, which was pre, you know, open open records. But back then, um, the, the state's process consisted of um, the adoptee would petition a juvenile court, which would then appoint what was called an intermediary that would have the authority to access the original birth record information and that person would be deputized to then reach out to birth parents and ask whether um, whether they were interested in contact with the adoptee which was me in this case obviously and uh, you know I was very very fortunate that they were able to quickly find my birth mother who quickly agreed to start corresponding with me and that led to a personal meeting within you know a relatively short period of uh, just a few weeks after that first outreach but i thought you know in my case the process worked great so i was you know i was a fan of it Um, so that's that's the way it worked back then and what did you discover then as part of this finding about your family what's your story in relationship to who you are and you know how you found them 
So, uh, so I found out I had this, you know, kind of complicated backstory with a very young college student mom who was living in a small Mormon college town, um, wasn't in a position to have a baby and keep the baby back then. And so her parents, I think particular her mom was kind of instrumental in encouraging her to take a leave of absence from college and uh, travel travel out to another western state where I um, was born and ended up growing up. So I found out that she had had a relationship with my birth dad um, at their college that, um, you know, obviously I was, a, I was a product of that and that my father had, uh, had actually been married to someone else at the time, which was kind of the complicated part. So for a bunch of reasons, she wasn't able to keep me and I ended up being um, born and raised in a, you know, in an ad- adjacent state where I currently still live. And that's an interesting part of this story then. So your mother goes away, and this was something that was very common uh, many years ago. Uh, and there was actually a book I read, actually I listened to it on Audible, but it was called The Girls Who Went Away, The Hidden History of Women Who Surrendered Children for Adoption in the Decades uh, Before Roe v. Wade. And uh, there were these homes for unwed mothers. And one of the things I really took away from that book was the fact that a lot of times these women, they wanted to keep their child after they were there at the home, but the home kind of misled them and told them that was impossible. They would make it difficult that you would have to pay thousands upon thousands of dollars for your room and board and everything like that. So they were sometimes even forced into giving the child up for adoption, even if they had reconsidered and wanted to keep the child and raise the child themselves. So uh, you discover then this information about your biological mother. Did you ever have the chance to meet her or correspond with her? I, I wrote we wrote some letters back and forth, and she was um, she was a little cautious at first, but pretty quickly became um, totally comfortable with the idea that I was that I had reached out to her. And coincidentally, I had a work trip to Minneapolis, which is where she was living at the time. And within you know maybe a couple months of first uh, contacting with her, I met her. Um, for the first time in a hotel lobby, and I, I will never forget the way I felt. It was just like like the most electric feeling um, I'd ever experienced, and it was just this incredible bond that I felt with her. And it was um, it was just an absolutely unique, uh, very powerful experience. And we we then developed a very close relationship with her that extended for a couple of decades before she unfortunately passed away. And um, in 2012, but uh, when I had kids, she was one of their grandmas, and so it was this incredible, um, life-altering experience that, for me, you know, and for her, worked out well with very few complications. She had never had any other kids. Found out that she couldn't have kids with her, you know, subsequent husbands, and so um, she was, you know, I think really happy to have a relationship with me, and you know, we we got along great and shared a lot of, you know, the same interests and kind of um, the ways ways of looking at the world and so it was just uh, it was just an amazing um, experience that ended up impacting my my entire family um, including like I said my kids and my wife became friends with her and the whole thing was facilitated my adoptive parent my adoptive mother being very cool with the whole thing and you know not not interfering and feeling confident enough in, in our relationship to uh, facilitate this. 
Well, that's great. I was going to ask you, how did your adoptive parents feel about that? So that is a relief always when they're supportive. And and I think there's a point where they come to realize that, well, you are a gift to us and you'll always be our son. But then there's also something about wanting to know your origins and wanting to know who your your biological mother was. And, and then there's that relationship, as you mentioned then, that you were able to forge with her. Now, one of the things what happens when a person like yourself or anyone is out there looking to discover family. And for you, you did it through the courts. You did it through the legal way of um, finding out the identity of your biological mother. A lot of times when someone is given up for adoption, um, the paternity sometimes isn't defined or determined. And so then you can only find out the name of your biological mother, for example. What about your father? What did you come to find out about him? Were you able to find him through that same process or was that a different method? It was, it was through the same process. Um, I think, I think the intermediary made the first contact with him and he was, um, a little reticent at the beginning, but also quickly kind of came around and, and he turned out to be a different personality type than my mother, where he was much more kind of reserved and, and I think introverted. And so my relationship with him was always um, a little less, um, how shall I say, less bonding with him, a little more distant. But um, I found his you know, story and his family to be fascinating. And he had ended up moving back to California and I ended up meeting him on some family and work trips. And we have now gotten together, you know, a handful of times over the years. Um, and he is still living and I do still email him occasionally. And we, you know, share an interest in family history. And I've been researching his parents um, and, his, and their families going back. Um, and it's led to this, you know, interest in genealogy that I think I mentioned to you previously. So you went through that way of going through that intermediary through the legal system. Have you, for whatever reason, decided to do Ancestry DNA or 23andMe? About three years ago, I, I did. Um, I started with Ancestry, and I'm still. I'm, I'm currently on most of the other you know DNA websites, and I, I think because I'm adopted, I've found that to be a, an incredible revelation that not only do I have you know, biological parents, but I'm, you know, matching with all these cousins, you know, second cousins, first cousins, distant relatives. And it's very, very interesting to try to figure out how you relate to these people. And I've met some new family members that way, including uh, a first cousin who I didn't know about who matched with me on 23andMe. And it turned out that uh, that my father's father was was also you know his mother's father so that was super interesting to find out that we had this um, genetic relationship and it ended up you know when i saw his photo that we look you know very much like which is always very interesting to adoptees to see people that you know that look like them and um, and it was a striking um, resemblance i will say so that was really cool sometimes when you meet new family members like that first cousin there are things that they might share with you about your family history, things that you never could have imagined were true for you. Uh, and so were, did you have any experience like that in terms of learning something about this family that you you discovered? I found out that my paternal grandfather um, was kind of a player and he had these different women in his life and relationships that produced other kids. Um, and he unfortunately abandoned 
um, this one woman who gave birth to the mother of the first cousin that I was just talking to you about. So he had um, kind of a history of getting into these relationships and then moving on and leaving for, for somebody new. And his last wife was the one that um, that my biological father um, was the was the son of. That, that was a bad way of saying that, but you get, you get my drift. But anyway, she, she was like wife number three, and I'm not even sure the guy was done with wife number two when wife number three came along. So he was found out some kind of unsavory things about this guy, but he, sound, he also seems to have been a charismatic, you know, kind of a renaissance guy with a lot of different um, intellectual pursuits and, and with kind of a tragic backstory himself, which I then became interested in finding out, you know, how did this, how did this person become so kind of flawed and, and disturbed to, to do such a thing? So this cousin shares with you a lot of family history, and maybe some of it really shocked you in a sense. Do you then go and talk to your father about some of these uh, stories that you heard from him to verify uh, their truthfulness? Yeah, well, I, I circle back to my, my birth father, and he was he was kind of uh, surprisingly not that... Um, didn't really want to acknowledge that this was a big deal almost the way the way he reacted to it was to um, kind of downplay it and um, he just had this kind of strange almost flat reaction to, to this to this news as if it wasn't really important when I thought it kind of was important so it I was I was a little taken aback I think you know that he had he hadn't been a little more forthcoming with me about this part of his own story, but I think he's you know himself got some baggage because of this. Um, that probably is probably a very understandably very painful topic for him. I'm sure you were very curious and you wanted to learn more. Did you do any further research, read newspaper articles about this murder suicide? So I've I've read the read the news in the you know local papers which which was pretty lurid back in the 1960s like very very sensationalistic journalism in a way that I don't think you would see anymore about this kind of thing um, so so I've read those um, you know I would have to look through microfilm to go through other newspapers but I'm pretty sure I found the, the you know the articles of the local area that would have talked about this so I've done that, and then I've researched his, you know, the grand, my grandfather's family as well. And my, one of my big interests has been tracking down his Irish, um, his Irish mother, and trying to figure out where she came from in Ireland. And I think Edward, you, you know, you've got some Irish roots as well. And uh, when I went to Ireland in 2018, I became very um, taken by this issue and wondering where, you know, where they came from. Why do you think there is such a curiosity? You have that curiosity. Other people do. That's why we take the test. It's why we continue looking for the facts. Uh, what? Why are we so curious about our background and history? I think when when you've been deprived of that information, which I was for you know my first thirty years. I mean, the the only information I was allowed to see about my adoption before you know I went out and did this process was a you know piece of paper that had some notes from the adoption agency that said you know like here's the hair color of your mother and here's the eye color of this person and she was a college student I mean it was just enough to kind of pique your interest but very little really you know apart from that and so I just think that this is kind of a 
probably a bit of an overreaction on on my part at least that having having not been able to know any of this stuff for the first part of my life i've become um, very very interested in trying to know as much as i can um, for the second part of my life so i think it's a you know it's an identity issue for me it's a classic human like where do i come from kind of issue but um, i'm sure because you know, I'm adopted that I, I probably have a different take on this issue than, than most people that grew up, you know, knowing most or everything about about their backstory. At what age did you find out that you were adopted? I, um, it was from the earliest time I can remember. And kudos to my adopted parents for not being secretive about it. It was always openly discussed. You know, they would answer questions, which they probably didn't know many answers to but of course they can't answer the most basic question which which you always want to know is like why was i given up for adoption right they cannot answer that question and the only way you're ever going to get an answer to that question is if you ask the right person right mm -hmm. and so and so that that is that is what they can't give you and that is the hole that uh, that needs to be filled for me and other people so when you were growing up in school um, and I don't know if you have other brothers or sisters, but, you know, being adopted then, it's really like your family tree is kind of like this big question mark. At least that was my experience because my mother was adopted and tr trying to figure out all of those things. And my mother was a, a only child of an only child of an only child. And so, uh, so there really wasn't that much family there. Um, so was there ever any like hesitation or reservation on your part growing up to share uh, the fact that you were adopted with others? Um, it wasn't really something I brought up very much in those days. And, and, you know, I don't know whether I felt embarrassed by it or it was just different. I mean, nobody wants to be different when they're a kid, right? So I probably didn't talk about it for fear of being, you know, maybe singled out or made fun of or whatever. But it was, I, I don't think it was as important to me as it became later on. I and mean, some, some of this is kind of growing into being able to ask those questions. And when you're a kid, you know, you don't you don't think about it as much or maybe you can kind of put it in a box inside your head and not not go there um, more easily so like I said it wasn't until I met my wife and started to think about having a family that I think I really became re-engaged with the subject and and then I was motivated to go out and do something about it which is you know a lot of people think about this and they think about it for a long time and they don't do anything I, I would like to encourage our listeners to do something about it and now now that we've got the dna testing the solution is you know literally in your in your hands and in your saliva so but back then you know it was a it was a bigger it was a bigger process for a lot of people because it wasn't it wasn't obvious you know what you should do and how you should do it you find out the information about your family, and you mention your wife. Obviously, you have coworkers, you have friends. I'm assuming you've shared it with a, a wider circle. So, what what's the reception of this by other people? Are they happy they that you did it? Uh, what what do they say when they find out that, you know, you share your story? Well, I was adopted. I found my parents this way, uh, and even we have this murder suicide uh, in, in the family history. Yeah, that, that part I haven't shared with very many people. The the happy part with, you know, connecting with my birth mother and, you know, my grandkids, having relationship with her and her getting to be a grandma. I mean, that's the happy part and that's the cool part that I have shared with selective people and almost everybody 
you know, reacts well to that and, and thinks it's great, which it is. It is great. I, I, I hit it out of the park with my own um, outreach, um, you know, and I feel incredibly blessed and fortunate. So I think I think every everybody I tell to reacts well. There's some dark elements to the story that are, you know, that are, you know, take people aback sometimes. Um, but generally, generally people are pretty... Um, are pretty happy when I share, and I have ha I have had a couple of women that I've shared the story with come up to me in private and acknowledge that they themselves have, you know, either given up a child for adoption or know somebody else who who went through something like this. So it's a it's a more common thing than than a lot of people realize, and something that until recently was kind of a bit of a taboo topic to even discuss it. Yeah, and now it's, as you mentioned, so easy for people who were adopted or even for the mothers or the fathers who know that they gave a child up for adoption to say, well, I wonder whatever happened to that child. And that's why they go get a test. And that's how you're able to find them. Or maybe you find them through other family on their side as well. I want to go back to something you mentioned about being Irish and wanting to discover some of that Irish heritage. I think that's a lot of the reasons why people do Ancestry DNA or 23 and me uh, and St. Patrick's Day is the day everybody is Irish whether you are or not and so that's coming up real soon and I'm wondering was there any other further discoveries on your Irish side so this is this is pretty interesting so through my genealogy and studying DNA matches I was able to find um, a common ancestor of, of the Irish couple that immigrated to you know to U.S. in the 1800s, and I just had a Zoom call with a distant cousin, um, who we both kind of realized through messaging each other that the, you know, the uh, O'Brien connection back in the 1800s was likely that these two, you know, two people were brothers living within a few doors of each other in a census that he found. So that was really cool, and you know, he was on my DNA match list, and we couldn't figure out how. And when he reached out to me, we, we kind of figured it out together. And I had a Zoom call with this guy who lives in England, um, who's, you know, who's likely a distant cousin. And so it just, I thought it was so cool the way, you know, technology and DNA can bring people together, um, not just um, close family members, but even, you know, solving kind of mysteries that uh, that are decades or hundreds of years old. As you shared about connecting with some other family member then from Ireland living in England right now, and you find that there are these really these mysteries and and you continue to discover things if you go deeper you know for me all the time on 23andme i get new matches and i must admit i don't go and explore them right. or investigate them just because i i don't really know what i'm doing or have the means to yeah. do it or time or anything like that but but I could only imagine if I did that, what I would discover, you know, just one of those came up the other day. So um, I think that's a, an interesting aspect of your story, too. And it really just encourages me to say, maybe I should follow up with this person and see how we're connected. And maybe that's going to yeah. reveal something else. Yeah, I'll get I'll get a little geeky on the genealogy now, but it's really important to have, you know, the DNA associated with a tree so you can see who who the ancestors actually are and you can start to cluster them in groups because otherwise you're just looking at you know the fact of a match and even even kind of a strong match is not is not probably going to allow you to narrow it down very much so it's um you know being able to organize the matches and really figure out okay these people are kind of related to this group of 
to this couple, um, you can start to organize the matches and 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 tackle the subject that way. And then you can make progress on figuring out, you know, what side of the family they're on, who are they related to, that kind of thing. Yeah. And one of the things I want to do on one of these shows here in the future is I actually want to, and I have identified the person actually, but I want to get them an ancestry kit and then they're going to do it. And basically I'll walk with them the entire time that they're doing this. I'll be with them as they open up the results and we'll be there talking about it and and kind of reflecting on it. So that's one of my goals uh, for a show here uh, coming up. And I just was uh, with this, uh, well, husband and wife and, and the wife was very interested in doing that just because she knows that there was some history on her father's side that maybe there are others out there that, that they're not all aware of. And, and I think that'll be an interesting discovery for her um, to, to look at and to uh, investigate herself. So she'll have those mysteries as well. Yep. Well, DNA is um, enough of a complicated scientific topic that you can go down that rabbit hole as deeply as, as you care to. And there's, you know, a lot of science and a lot of technology involved in trying to understand, you know, the different, the different aspects of it. So I'm I'm just kind of interested in in the idea that adoptees can use what's what's actually a pretty complex tool, and that these websites, you know, allow people to identify their parents that way. Because um, it strikes me as 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 not that straightforward. A lot of times, I mean, DNA is um, when you look at these matches, just like you said, it's hard to make sense of them a lot of times. And so I'm I'm just very interested that so many people have been successful you know, either doing this themselves or using search angels or whatever, because it's um, it's not always like you're going to find, oh, there's my mother. She just popped up, right? You're going to have to track down a, an uncle or a cousin or something like that. And it, um, I think it could be very difficult, and it could be difficult emotionally for the, for the person to make that contact themselves. And for me, it was actually um, a bit of a relief that I wasn't the one that had to make that phone call. Um, but on your show, you know, most of your adoptees are the ones that do make that phone call, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, it's, they're the initiators, yeah. They're the initiators, and that that is a big phone call. It would be uh, interesting, and I can't remember if I've done an interview like that, but it would be interesting to talk to a father or a mother who reached out to a child and said, I'm your parent, you know, that they discovered that themselves. So, um that would be an interesting show, I think. And one of the things you brought out there is that um, adoptees are able to do this. They're able to find through this complicated process. But the other aspect, and there's lots out there. CC Moore is kind of the big person doing this. Um, but there's another podcast, too, called DNA ID. And it's basically they, how they use DNA of a suspect and try to find the identity by going through the searches right, and right. and you know so imagine that you know the this craziness that we have that you know we're voluntarily giving our DNA and we could actually help solve some sort of case yeah. um, you know so complex things and so many multifacets uh, to the whole DNA process. Yep. Well, there's. Lots to talk about with that topic as well, right? That could be another another podcast to talk about the privacy implications of that, and you know what are we all doing by putting our DNA into the hands of these big companies? But 
Um, I, I kind of feel like myself, I'm, I, I'd like to be a bit of an open book. I'd like my DNA to be helpful to other people and a resource for, you know, making connections, which I've been able to do. And it's really, you know, enriched my life to, to feel more connected and to, and to realize that we are all related to thousands of people, more than that, probably hundreds of thousands of people genetically. And, you know, can't we all be nicer to each other in light of that? I mean, you, you and I might be cousins for all we know. Right, and it's um, it's kind of a, to me it was kind of a revelation, like in a, in a in an era when when people are so mad at each other, um, we're we're more related than we realize. Maybe maybe we should be nicer because of that. Definitely. Any other thoughts that you want to leave listeners with today? Just um, just a shout out to my wonderful adoptive mother, who again was. Um, was totally okay with what I did that she she still loved me I told her I still loved her there was enough love to go around I mean I think somebody said this on one of your other podcasts it is love is not a zero-sum game there there is enough to to share with new people and so that that was really um, the last thing I wanted to say was just how grateful I am to my uh, adoptive mother my, my father had already passed away at the time but um, it's it's very helpful and I can't imagine how difficult it would have been if she had been opposed to it which you know which can happen um, if you haven't done it yet and you're thinking about doing it um, if you're adopted please feel free to take the risk and and find out answers to your questions because it can it can alter your life and it may not be what you expect but um, you'll 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 be better off for it You may be listening to DNA Discoveries because you yourself have found family. And if you would like to share your story of finding family with me on this platform, I'd encourage you to reach out to me by going to dnadiscoveries.fireside.fm and there you can find the contact page for the podcast. You can also email me directly at dnadiscoverysepodcast at gmail.com. And when you send a message, please share a little bit of your story to give me the background of it, and I'll reach out to hopefully schedule an interview with you. I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd encourage you to subscribe. And if you could do me a favor, could you please rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you listen, because it will help others find these heartwarming stories of finding family. Stay tuned for another episode coming soon of DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family.